this has been this podcast we spoke about it yesterday has been like three years three, three years yeah. in the making pre pre COVID and then what I love about you is like as soon as you walked in that door the conversation was just like that like there's no fucking there's no surface level and I want to I want to keep that but what I do want to do is introduce you for my sake because I know a lot about you but there's so much that I don't know. And uh, I want to hear sort of who you are, what do you do, and where that comes from as well. Like where where does where does what James Sherrod does, where, where does that come from, and why does it why does it light you up? Mm, three good questions. One of the questions, who am I? Is, is a big question, Ryan. Huge. I've been sitting with that question since I was in prison. Like, who am I? Who the fuck am I, Ryan? And, you know, prison for me was a really big experience and I still go back to it, which I'll touch on shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I do in the world, you know, I'm a, I'm a father. That's my, my first priority. I've got three children, five, four, and one. So quite intense at home. That's my first priority, my family. And I've obviously got a wife. Um, so for me, that's my first role, point of contact, you know, how am I showing up as a father? Mm-hmm. And then it goes out into the community. Um, so I'm a qualified psychotherapist, almost qualified rebirthing breathwork mastery. It's a little bit different to rebirthing breathwork by Leonard or uh, very similar, but very still a little bit different, little, some nuances there. Um, and also a, a Reiki energy master. So I don't do that so much anymore, but mm-hmm. was doing that quite regularly for a while. Um, but ultimately, what I do is I support predominantly men. And I think one of my gifts is being able to meet them where they are in their experience. And lately, I've been calling myself the tradie whisperer because I'm most of my clients are tradies at the moment. And they're coming to me with what I could see is not to, not to judge them. It's very basic, very shallow sort of issues but there's a deep there's a deep root to them sure you know but like drinking anxiety depression they're things that if you go into a lot of the more spiritual and self self-development communities they're things that people have already worked through so i've got a few clients that are like quite deep in their this their spiritual and self-development so i'm working on more nuanced like limiting beliefs and patterns around spirituality mm. connection with god connection with their goodness connection with your intuition like this is the other side of things, but then you've got like the other people I work with that are just, they just want to wake up with no anxiety. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to not drink every afternoon. They want to not get pissed off for no reason at their, their apprentices because they've dropped the shovel or whatever. So I notice like what I do in the world is, and is, and part of my, my gift or whatever is to be able to hold space for anything and everything. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, I'm like, one of the things, how do I niche that? I don't know, but it's another question. But where it came from, and this is what I want to share, like I've reflected a lot upon my life of like how how do I have the capacity to have no no judgment for, for anyone that comes in my field. Mm. I don't resist or push them away. They just come in my field and I, I, I embrace them fully for, for who they are. And I'm able to look past, usually able to look past their, you know, dysfunction, mm. see their goodness, but also able to hold it, not bypass it, not pretend it's not there, mm. hold it, but look at their goodness deep in their heart. And 
through reflection of my, my life. So I grew up, I was born in Scotland, um, in a little tiny country town, grew up on a farm. I experienced grief and like death and grief and loss when I was 20 months old. I lost my sister and then not long after my dad lost his dad. Uh, so there was a death instantly in my life. I was experiencing grief, mm. loss and death. And that's the energy I grew up in, right? Um, and then I had my two brothers came in and then I moved from Scotland when I was seven. So if people who are like aware of Steiner and it's like you go through a big leap when you're between six and seven, my daughter's going through it now, between six and seven, you go through this shifting, dropping of the teeth. And usually if, if, if you were to look at your life, most people, something's happened between five and seven. Mm. It can be big, can be small. You know, it's everyone's got some unique experience that caused a small or large trauma, which changes their life. You know, it's just it usually has less like your study material. Life's like, here you go. So for me, it was moving continents. I moved from Scotland to Australia, mm. which was now I see as the best thing that ever happened to me because I would have just got caught up in the family um, dynamic of Scotland. Like yeah. Farming or law or whatever. So that was big for me because then I entered Australia, thick Scottish accent. Like I was getting like, I was like the the unicorn at first. Mm. Oh, yeah, look at this guy. Like, sure. And then I kind of moved into like getting bullied, right? Mm. And I was getting bullied, 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 trying to fit in, trying to belong. Where do I stand? Who am I? All these questions. And I'm like, I, I, then I just started to pretend. I tried to become something that something so far from who I was mm. to fit in and to try and to belong which led to like becoming a scapegoat or bullying myself or becoming a clown. A lot of us can relate to this. It's like, mm. I'm going to be the class clown because I'll get love and admiration and respect because I'm going to make everyone laugh at the expense of myself. Sure. And then that perpetuated a lot of different, you know, wounding and trauma within me. And then, you know, moving forward, not to go too far, like, Went through school, it kind of just kept happening. I was kind of like the re the rebel, the the child that had the problems, but it became the problem. So rather than focus on he needs support, it was he needs, he's the problem, get him out. So I changed schools, left, was kind of there, kind of not when I changed because I was kind of like invisible at this school. I could just walk home. And then left, left school and I went straight into the military. I was kind of like, I grew up. From quite a young age, probably like 12, started smoking cannabis on and off and then drinking at about 13. And I was hanging around, I lived in Kingcumber, so I was hanging around quite, um, like a Dero for a better word, or what is it, low socioeconomic. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, you know, walking around the streets, you know, like breaking enters, like stealing cars, like doing mm -hmm. a lot of just, like just having fun, right? But not the kind of fun that's, seen as fun and you know never harming people I was never into like bashing or hurting people it was always like usually destruction of property or mm. just being curious what's in that place let's get in this place you yeah know? yeah and then that led me to go to the military because I was like a lot of people around me like oh it'll fix you it'll it'll so fix you or help you and at this point, I wasn't really like addicted to anything. Like, you know, I was addicted to video games, smoked a bit of cannabis and, you know, drinking like here and there. But I wasn't like addicted to the point where it's like, I need this sort of mm. thing. Joined the military, 
I was in there for four years, finished my thing. But I had my spiritual awakening in 2012, taking too many drugs. I look back now and I had like a, what you call a no self experience. It's like I disappeared. Mm. Everyone around me, there was, I can just see the no self. Right. I'm scared the shit out of me. Like I just mm. didn't know what was going on, you know, three days awake and then someone's giving me tabs and synthetic cannabis and <laughs> so that yeah, was right. a tense hour. But that woke me up to like, what, why am I in the military? Like, I don't want to be here. Like, mm. and there was a lot of intense and still working through now with PTSD and traumas that came from that experience. Then came, coming out of the military, I was heavily drug addicted to speed, MDMA, cannabis, dipping my toes into benzos and like valiums and stuff. And then came out, needed to fund my habit. So started to get stuff, share it with people to pay for my own sort of, um, yeah, my, my addiction. Then got caught with a large quantity and yeah, nine months later got sentenced to prison for a year, which is the best experience of my life. <laughs> Literally like best experience of my life. Not an easy one. Sure. But, you know, spending a year in there away from porn, video games, t telephone, friends. Mm. And this is what comes back to like the question of like, what, what do you do in the world and how to mm. get there? So I've through my life I've connected with all, so many different families, some that are like wealthy but dysfunctional, some that are are not wealthy and dysfunctional. But ultimately, here's me. I was always this kind of joyous, sprightly, sort of funny kid, playful kid, and I'd just be in these families bringing light mm. back to it. I was like, fuck! I was just always bringing them joy, like, and that happened in prison. People mm. would go to me, oh mate, like, what drugs are you on? You know, there was a pivotal moment where I had this, what I call like a non-abiding awakening experience or um, enlightenment experience where it lasted for about four days. Like it was intense. Like I can't even explain it. It's hard to explain, but I just, I just feel like I was like filled with golden light. And for four days, it was like, there was like, there was no me. And I was just giving and giving and giving. Mm. And then eventually something happened in the outside that pulled me back into I'm like oh I had a phone call and whatnot but that experience in there I had a lot of the prison prisoners that I was with and you know these are people that have like really hurt people like and I shared it, it was a poster mm. recently put up and it was inspired by the people that come up to me and they start sharing their life experiences and they would step out of the trance and go what oh, I don't know why I just told you that I'm like, I don't know either. But you just started telling me. You know, one of them was like, I stuck a 30-inch blade into a dude's hip and then, because he didn't pay him, said 30 grand or something and then drop him on the hospital and this is a big um, rebel's bikey guy, he, the CEO dude, what are you going to call him? And he's like, oh, you're not going to tell anyone I am? Like, nah, man. Who are you going to tell? Like, you just, I don't even know why you told me. He's like, good, because I want to. I'd have to. I'd have to shiv you if you did. I was like, mate, don't you? <laughs> but this happened over and over and over again. Mm. Murderers just saying random things, not their convictions, but just their thoughts, I guess. And I, you know, and I'd make big, giant, like islanders that don't smile, laugh, and people would be like, dude, you how'd you do that? I'm like, I don't, 
he never laughs. And I started to think like that experience for me was like an experience of, of showing me my essence. Mm. And I see our purpose as our, our essence or our vibration or our, our truest sort of deepest emanation, right? And I think it comes through a channel. And I think I've spoken to you this before. It comes through something. Your purpose, your energy comes through a modality. Mm. It comes through a channel. And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be something on social media. Like you could just be an, an absolute exceptional gardener. Sure. And that's your purpose. Your purpose is just to care for the land. Mm. Or as an exceptional mother or father. That's your purpose because you are so good at it. And it's so natural to you. Mm-hmm. And it's where you're so spiritually connected to God, the divine, the creator, whatever, great creator, that that's where it comes through. And for me in prison, it was that's where I got touched because I was just constantly holding space for people's relationship problems, addiction problems, um, mental health problems. Mm-hmm. I was just a space they could confide in just to be heard about their life experiences. Because I think what showed to me is that there was a natural acceptance, compassion, and just non-judgment coming from me, but then also my ability to just reflect and, and offer guidance that wasn't forced. And I know some of the, their, their lives changed. There's a couple of guys I'm still in touch with and their lives have completely changed. They keep saying, it's you, bro. Like it was all you. And I'm like, oh, bro. like mm-hmm. I was just there for you. It wasn't me. I was just there for you. Mm. Like, no, you have no idea how much you've changed my life. And I'm just like, well, you were there too supporting me, you know. So that for me, I still back and I'm still pulling wisdom and gold and lessons from it. It's not something that's integrated fully. Mm. It's a big experience. And then upon leaving prison, all the <laughs> all the attachments came flooding back. Yeah. You know, so the surfing... Like that was a big one that saved me from addiction on the outside. Then going in though surfing and then coming back, like I just threw myself into surfing, but then it was back smoking cannabis. Sure. And then it was the benzos and taking down, but I was dipping my toes in plant medicines a lot, like mushrooms, some San Pedro and acid and ketamine and all the stuff. And that was great, but I, I slowly started to deteriorate my, my, my psyche over time, you know, um, because I hadn't worked through the core wounding, mm. it all come flooded back, like digit to porn again, like all of it just put back in my face after a year. And I was just like living back at my parents because of parole. It's like <laughs> down, like down here. I was like, this is what's happening, you know, mm. just been meditating every day in there, come back out, not meditating, just mm. gone down. And then found out that we were going to have a daughter in 2017. So I got out 2016, 2017, found out I was going to have a daughter. And then that was kind of like the kick up the ass, the next kick up the ass. So prison was like the gods. Yeah. <laughs> Just embrace it. Yeah. And yeah. then it was like, my wife fell pregnant and we hadn't planned it. It was like, we planned it. We spoke about it, but we were like thinking two years down the track. Sure. Not, six months from me getting out. And then that was the kick up the ass for me to really start trying to like kick the cannabis addiction and the benzo addiction and the drinking. And so then I just, yeah, I was going deep and I got pretty lost in like the spiritual new age stuff. And I'm grateful now because I went down more rabbit holes you can poke a stick at that I look back and go, wow, if I hadn't gone down there, I wouldn't have the discernment I do. 
Mm. And then hit 2019 and I started, so I started studying counseling straight away when I got out. That was the first thing I did. It was like, boom, straight into diploma counseling. I just knew I had to do something like that. Then shifted over to a degree in psychotherapy in 2018. And then in 2019, we found out we were pregnant again. So I was like, oh, Awesome, like you know, starting to slowly kill off the, addic- the addictions. Still was present, it was on and off sort of thing. Found holotropic breathwork. Um, fell in love with breathwork, like Wim Hof. Like, mm. I was trying all different styles, and then there was a couple holotropics I had that were just so intense that I just I'm like, how do I do with this? Mm. Like, we'll say it out there before I'm very, I can, I can have very visionary experiences, but I'm like, what the fuck do I do with that experience? Like how mm. does that apply to being a dad? You know, you know, I'm in the jungle with some native American drinking some cosmic blue, you know, like what do I do with that? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Like this isn't this, this grace is amazing. But it's not helpful in day-to-day, I realized. So then that kind of put me down in this sort of like path of, whoa, what can I do? Same as medicine. I did six gram mushrooms. And then still now, I'm like, what do I do? Like some of it's integrated. Some of them like, oh, there's come to fruition. Some of it, I'm like, mm-hmm. what do you do with that? And so I've come off all the plant medicines that obviously smoked cannabis, stopped smoking cannabis in 2020, started 2020. And I dove deep into looking for mentors that were really integrated and embodied. And the only way I felt that I could find that was looking for older people who have been on the path for quite some time. Mm. And I kind of put it out there and that's what's kind of unfolded is that people, most of my teachers are, have been on the path for 20 to 50 years. And that's what's helped me realise and have discernment of like, okay, what was, and it's what works for me. Like everyone's different. And that's what I find later mm. as like plant medicine doesn't work for me, but there are some people who can use it and be integrated and embodied very few number. Yeah. Personally, what I believe. And so my path has led me along this sort of journey of like, you know, how can I best support myself so that I can best support others? How can I land in, you know, if we're already whole and we're already enlightened and that's there all, all the time. Sure. That we're trying to reveal that through. And I like the this analogy, you've got like a light. We came into this world as a newborn, a light bulb. And then you put a cloth over a light bulb and you still see the light. But it's getting dimmer and they keep putting more cloths over it and eventually there's no light. Light's on, but you can't see the light. Mm. I think the process is we're just trying to... Re- take off the layers to reveal the light mm. that's already there. And that's what I've come to learn. I'm like, okay, so I've just got to keep revealing these layers. And like so I was sharing out there before, it's like I've got a beautiful experience in my life where it's constant feedback through my children and my wife. <laughs> Constantly being humbled. Mm. There's no hiding. I can't like just because of what I've been through is I don't I don't want to hide. There's sometimes I'm hiding. But I don't want to hide. So I just, every day, I, just, I kind of, what am I standing for? Love, truth, wisdom, justice, and purity. They're like the five qualities I keep holding. Mm. So wake up, what do I want to stand for today? And I just keep saying that. I'm like, okay, so what does that mean though? What does that look like? How would I behave? What thoughts would I be thinking? Mm. And that's what's kind of led me on this journey of like all of these experiences of life, some I haven't shared. 
it's helped me move in the direction of like, who am I? And that's a, that's a famous sort of question from Ramana Maharshi, right? Mm. <laughs> Have I? Yeah. Asking that question, you're just going to keep getting a yeah mental a mental, you know, um, answer. But it's not something that you can mm. mentally. It's like a sense. It's a it's a felt sense that you're really landing at. That's what mm. I've kind of experienced once or twice. Mm. You know, very glimpse and. You know, coming back to your question of who am I, what do I do in the world, and how I came here, it's like my life experience is what's giving me the the tools. Because I go back and I look at, you know, I think it's like don't dwell on the past, but make sure you go back and mine the the mm. goal because that's where you find your purpose. There's a guy that I study. His name is Peter Ralston, and he talks about there's a reason why we have certain experiences in life that you remember that are etched in our memory. Like you don't remember mm. every taco you've had or every shit you've taken. You just don't, right? Why? Why don't we remember that? Because it doesn't have the meaning and purpose in it that is going to help us t- take us to our highest, what do you call it, spiritual or self-developed space or state, right? So these memories, whether good or bad, or perceived good or bad, hold within them the keys of purpose and our meaning of what we've come here to do. Mm-hmm. So that thing that happened at seven, the thing that happened at 11, the thing that happened at 14, the period of your life at between 22 and 25 or whatever, you know, you know, my period of getting bent, benders and stuff. Then I think back and I've got so many, weirdly, I can remember so many times when I was so munted, but here I am holding space for this guy telling me about all these problems and here's me like 10 pingers deep just like chill my face off and I'm listening and I'm offering guidance. Yeah. I think yeah. I'm like, but what was that? Oh, it was, I was actually tapped into something higher than myself. Mm. But then as soon as the experience ended, it's like back at back sleep sort of thing. Mm. So that's how I'm kind of starting to look at, you know, this is where I'm at in life. It's like, oh, okay. So our past holds certain keys so that we can unlock doors for the future. But it's like we've spoken about, it's like in the moment, present moment is like what you've got to face. It's the things that, the stuff that tries to stop us, Mm. the unconscious soup, to move forward, you know. And it's like, you know, I've got to, I found this key, but now it's like, well, well, but where's the door? Yeah. And that's the other part too. It's like, well, but where does this key fit? Mm. I've got the key. And where does it fit? And that's like a different, I feel like the, I haven't even fully laid it a concrete answer with this one, but where does that fit in our life? And I always feel like, like connected with God is like our highest path is always in service of something higher than us. God, the great creator, or well, it's within us, but I just, you know, we always just go to this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, there was so much, there was so much gold in that. And I had all these questions starting to come up throughout and I'm just like, oh yeah. And then it's like, okay, now we're on the next bit, not on the next bit. But it, but it's, it was such a perfect explanation and, and, and perfect answer to that question. Um, and I guess I'm just going to, I'm just going to touch on one point mm-hmm. there that really piqued my interest because uh, you and I share in common um, a fascination and interest in plant medicine and um, you haven't touched it for a while, but one thing you said, which is which is a really, I almost feel as though it's an elephant in the room in the uh, psychedelic world um, and community, is not knowing how to integrate it, and 
having these incredible experiences, but then being like, what the fuck am I meant to do with that? And I think that, and, and we spoke about uh, uh, earlier off camera about um, spiritual bypass, spiritual ego, spiritual narcissism, um, kind of going through this journey and, and, and as we learn more about ourselves, but with, with the psychedelics, what of, of all of the experiences that you had, what did you learn and, and, and how did they help? Even though there was a lot of experiences that were not integrated or that were not, and I've, I've had the exact same thing, but that's a, that's a really interesting question I've always asked is, are they, are they actually beneficial when it comes to integrating them into our daily lives or my kind of operating, uh, away from the high? Mm, good question. Something I've been sitting with for so long, brother. Mm. I haven't used plant medicines 2020, like I said, and I was, wasn't using them in full ceremony. Like I haven't tried ayahuasca. It's the one I just think it would destabilize me completely. Um, and I've seen it happen to people like they're just fucked by it. Mm. One of my teachers actually, he just wanted to go experience it. And he's like, next commando, but he's well trained in like Qigong and hermeticism. He's over in Chiang Mai at the moment. And, um, he did it and it took him, and this is a guy who's been trading for 20 years, right? In that, the Eastern and also Western hermeticism. And it took him 12 months to like recalibrate. It's this beautiful experience. He goes, ultimately, you're just entering the high astral and it's beautiful, but it's not going to always be beneficial. So I kind of like to answer your question. For most people, it's probably not the thing that's going to support them most because the the sensations you experience on it are so intense. You don't experience that in your daily life very mm. often. Um you know, the closest time I've ever experienced these sort of sensations is with my children and they're having a tantrum and I'm just like overwhelmed. I'm like, holy fuck. Mm. I'm, almost, I'm tripping. Like, I'm like, this is so intense because they're just like blowing up. I might be out in public and you're just like, everything's just vibrating. So what I like, what I've learned from the, you know, how do you integrate it? And my teachers, one of my other teachers shared this with me around dreams. I dream a lot, a lot of dreams, especially coming off the cannabis. Um, and I said to him, like, oh, how do I work my dreams? She goes, look, it's James, it's best off to not to try and analyze your dreams too much because you can get caught in the intellect. She goes, what sensations are you feeling? What sensations are there? Mm. I was like, oh, fuck. And that really helped me put more to break through more from my dreams. And I find the same with plant medicines. It's like, if you can get attuned to your sensations, it always ultimately is your, your own inner feminine you know, your intuition, your psychic, your psychic being and your sensations. Then when you use the plant medicines, and this is when I've reflected back to these experiences I've had, I'm like, oh, okay. Like there's all the, what I'm seeing. Oh, look at this, this sure. psychology, the imagery. Yeah. If you get caught in that, it's like, what do I do with it? But then when I check in with how was I feeling, mm. what sensations were being shown to me. It's helped me go, oh, okay, that's what's the, that's a quality I need to bring in. And since then, like, I've had this huge release around shame, deep shame, um, both sexual and just shame in general. And 
I thought after the experience, like I felt like I was on mushrooms, like a semi high dose, like one one point five grams, roughly, and that, and I was like, oh my god, like what's wrong with me? Like, and this was this last kid just kept going, it didn't stop. I was like, oh, fuck, and it's still the same now. This is two years later, mm. and I feel like even now, like it's like I'm on mushrooms, and I and I've got I'm so acclimatized and attuned to the feeling that I realized that mushrooms or ayahuasca all these medicines they're actually showing you states of being that you can access sober mm. but it's so like the analogies of the light the cloth you have to reveal the different layers that are covering that state and we have to enter sensitivity because sensitivity is more it's higher than creativity right okay because creativity and then you've got sensitivity. So if you wanted to go enter into the spiritual domains of the unseen, you need sensitivity, you need creativity. Mm. Get you. And that's just like, you know, you know, I see a lot of people that are using the plant medicines, they're in creativity. You look at the psychedelic arts, incredible, mm-hmm. right? Because they're now translating what they're seeing through creativity. But then if they go a step further into the subject soul of a mind, they go into sensitivity. It's like, well, what are what are these what are these medicines showing me on a sen- on a sensitivity level? Because that's what it's affecting us. We've got like an endocannabinoid system, mm. and just to to be able to feel CBD, you need to be sensitive to it. Sure. Some people have it, and they're like, oh, I don't feel it, right? So I guess to answer your question is, how do you integrate it? It's just you have to increase your connection to your sensitivity, mm. which everyone has. But then you got to look at it's like, what are you doing to block that? Now, if we were to speak on men. The, the number one thing that stops men from sensitivity is probably porn, alcohol, and shit food, right? Mm. And not getting out in nature. Uh, that's what I've seen through my clients. So when these people who are doing that go and use plant medicines, of course they're going to be destabilized and not be able to integrate because they don't have the capacity to hold the sensory experience that plant medicines bring. Mm-hmm. But then you also got to give yourself the space to integrate that experience. And, you know, me, myself, this is coming from my own experience. Like I was an addict, right? Starting from the age of the first addiction was probably like eight. Game Boy, Pokemon, goal. Yeah, Pokemon. best addiction ever. Best addiction ever. <laughs> but that was the start. I still remember, like, fuck, that's where it started. Yeah. Technology. That yeah. Shit. And there was dipping my toes here and there. And, you know, coming from that past, of course I was going to get addicted to needing to use them every Mm -hmm. two to three months and not actually let myself, you know, integrate what it was trying to show me on a sensory level. And that's where I've landed at. This could change. I'm always open to new information and open to more intuitive insight around this because it was a big part of my life. Mm. Um, And then there's other realms as well you could go into, which I'm not going to touch on, around like the astral and like... if, if you're not using it carefully, you can get, you know, demonic entities, if you want to call them, or like things mm. come into your field that start to behave through you. And I've seen this happen to people. It happens to a lot of people that go to the bush doors. Yeah, Think right. about how many people that go on the bush doors, blasting themselves open, mm. drinking as well. And then what's what's coming into them? Yeah, you know what's going into their field. What are they bringing home to their families? Mm. And I think this is the, the one of the most important things that made me stop was my kids are so young they don't have the capacity to stop these things from affecting them. Sure, you know. So I was like, they don't have a strong enough. They're still sharing my wife's auric field and mm. touching it on mine. 
So who am I to disrespect them by going and doing things like that that can destabilize the family unit? Mm. And that's where I've landed. That's why I won't, I won't touch it. Probably won't touch it again. Mm. And that's where I'm at. That's my belief on it or my standpoint. I think it can be beneficial to those that have high discernment, but then also have are using practices to, you know, tune into the themselves of like, okay, do I need to just have a break for a bit? Yeah. And yeah. that break, you know, is it two months? Is it a year? Is it two years? Mm. Kind of like that quote that Alan Watts says, um, like as soon as you get the message, hang up the phone. Mm. So I think for me, that's, it's a tool, a beautiful tool. Yeah. But it shouldn't be relied upon. And there's this quote that stood with me, the teacher that I've been reading has passed away. It's Omra Mikkel. Uh, Anov is a Bulgarian philosopher. Um, is that esoteric Christianity? And he says, God has given us all the tools we need within us. Those that seek external substances or external means are missing what God has already instilled in us. Mm. And that just hit me. I was like, was it right? Okay, cool. So I come back to all well, the breath. Mm. It's all you really need, right? Breath of life. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's where my standpoint yeah, dude. And, and I, I love that answer. And I think, um, and it, it's not to put a, I guess, a negative spin on, on the psychedelics because the way that I see it as well, um, it's, it's like anything like you can abuse it or you can use it and integrate it and, and it, and it serves a great purpose. And I think the, for me, I look at it as, as a way to see the unseen, yeah. like you said, to get a to get a glimpse of that to see what is possible and to see how we can see what we can we can open ourselves up to easily because it is it's quite easy <laughs> drop the tab drop the mushrooms whatever and you're there and it's like no no work required um but i but i but i think then just pushing that to the side after and almost just having it as a fun experience, which a lot of people use that kind of stuff recreationally and then just go, sweet, that was an awesome time, great memories, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then not looking at how that we can then access those points um, after the fact. And I, I feel this for myself because I went through a period of being quite, I wouldn't say addicted, but definitely overusing and, uh, and not trying to one integrate fully, but two um, reach those states without it as well. And I think that's that's where I've had a lot of trouble. And and similar to what you were saying, is like how do you how do you use that kind of stuff? And I almost feel like I've blocked myself off in that sober state because it's like, well, if I ever want to, I'll just do that mm-hmm. rather than being inquisitive or curious right now yeah. you know what i mean and and also allowing that time as well like when you when you're going to go and have a trip it's like cool like i got the day mm-hmm. like i'm going out in nature i'm doing whatever but do we ever do that when we're not planning to mm-hmm. to take plant medicine or whatever and like you said it's like well when we're not we're looking for dopamine hits porn video games food, sugar, alcohol, whatever it is, it's like maybe it's just as simple as we just don't allow enough time to actually do it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on to a post that you made um, about 
uh, it was it was a couple of days ago, and I didn't tell you about this post because I want to I want I want to I want to hear more about it. I want to hear more about where it came from, more about um, yeah, more about what what you mean because when it comes to obviously making social posts and captions and this and that, it's like there's always so much more that's you can put into it <laughs> lying under the surface. So it says having a son has pushed me deeper into who I need to who I need to become in order for him to grow into a man. As most can agree, for the most part we've grown we have grown boys walking around with very few actual actually spiritually mature men. This is missing in society. We have intellectual men, however, very few spiritual intelligent men which are of higher degree and essence. This is what Leo, son, has activated in me even deeper than what my daughters have brought in, out in me. It's been a big journey with many challenge, challenging themes like addiction, CPTSD, every disorder under the sun. However, my children, wife and God are my fuel for this fire. As of late, I've found my, myself supporting other fathers, finding and fueling their own fire and it's been deeply fulfilling and can't wait to support many, many more men in this journey. Which I think is, which I think really kind of establishes the big problem, mm-hmm. uh, which is, which is we've got a lot of grown boys walking around, um, which I agree with, mm-hmm. um, but then also taps into your purpose and and what you really love to do, mm-hmm. and so I, I guess I'd love for you to unpack that because I think I think that term, uh, grown grown boys walking around. I think not a lot of people really understand one what that means, but that it even exists. And I, I was, I was this for sure. I feel like me coming into my late twenties, um, me coming into my late twenties, I'm really starting to um, mature, but but see how immature I was in the past as well. And I think that's a that that's a that's a gift, but it's also a it's also a slap in the face because you kind of it can bring up shame around it too because it's like fuck like here I here I was thinking I was I was like a man or thinking that I was mature or whatever. Meanwhile, I was just acting like a like a grown boy, and that doesn't mean chucking tantrums, but it's it comes down in a lot of different forms. And so I'd love to I'd love for you to unpack that, well, what that what that really means, um, but then how how someone who is experiencing that, and I think probably who would see this most is the partners of men. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's where I got it called out in in my in my past relationship was after the fact. Uh, she, she, she held a mirror up and she was like, yeah, you were really, really immature and, um, oh, really grateful to hear that, but I'd love to know how men can then begin to one, bring awareness to that, but two, move through that. Mm. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad you brought this up. Um, so just so everyone knows, it's like, I haven't landed at a place of this is masterful or fully embodied. This is a journey and, Mm. you know, for me, having kids was the activation, like I shared in the start. Like, I was just a boy, man. Like, even going through prison, like, I was still a boy, but for some reason, God activated me into some sort of manhood for a lot of it, just like to be in that presence. Then shot straight back out, right? Um, 
And I think that, you know, looking out into society and the culture and it's like you've got like the hustle, the entrepreneurship and the grind and boys with toys and sort of thing like the Andrew Tates and stuff. And they, they have positive qualities, don't get me wrong, like some incredible qualities that I would love to embody some of them, right? Mm. But then you've got the other side of things that are more boyish, more primal, more immature. They're not of a spiritual essence, of a higher connection with God because if you really look at like all the different literature around God and the the divine it doesn't say to do any of that Mm. you know it says to try and transmute that and move through that so I think for me like where this has come from and how Leo is activating this in me is like a lot of the you know complacency for me like even though I had hardcore discipline in the past it's got quite flaky and complacent with certain areas of my life um especially around food obviously i'm not addicted to anything but then there was the food i was addicted to food right mm. so i've become quite disciplined in my eating again um and how i'm showing up for my kids and my wife and and you know not complaining about things just oh, look, i've got the capacity i can do this and the reason why i say it's missing is like you've got philosophical men and you've got intellectual men and you've got men who are super strong but a a spiritually mature man in my from my belief is to aspire to all the spiritual emotional mental and physical intelligence and to refine all of them now in saying this if you look at Gurdjieff's work um who's a Sufi some people are in stage four, which is like you are in the stage of refining all the qualities, physical, mental, mental, emotional, creative or heart or mental, intelligent, right? And then you've got the fourth, the four, number four man, the seven men, but we'll go, just go into the fourth man, is where you're refining all of it. So you're connected to God, you're creating connection with God and you're also still creative, you're still physical, so you're just strong able to be a warrior or you can look at this in the for the four archetypes you've got the what the warrior the lover the magician and the king and then i've added on top of that through a teacher the spiritual father which is above the king or the elder mm. so these are the like what i how i kind of look at it is like where are we in life you know so say if you're in the warrior it's probably more hedonistic sex money just like you know just kind of in the physical mm-hmm. world not really touching into the emotional sort of like the lover the creativity the poet you know oh that, that sort of stuff mm. relationships like really being there with love it's just like oh fuck me sort of thing and i think the reason why i said this is why it's missing is like you know we've got boys growing up with boys passing that on sure and it's their path like it's it's it, it's hard for maybe their path is just to master one or two of them. Maybe it's just the warrior. Maybe it's just the lover. That's what they've come here. Look at David Goggins, incredible human, mm. but he's only in the magician and the and the warrior. He's not in the king because he's got no family. Mm. I don't think, and he's not he's not really in the lover because if you look at how he's expressing things, it's, it's harsh, true. brutal, and direct. 
Yeah. People need that, of course. Mm. Don't get me wrong. I think that speaks to a lot of people and people are like, yeah, it fuels them. Yeah. For some people, it pushes them more into shame, more into unconscious behaviors, more into like, I'm a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. How am I going to amount to everything? David Goggins said this. And, you know, I love his, I love his stuff because I can see through the other things that doesn't let it affect me in that way. Now, there's a reason why, like, that poster you brought up and for me it's still you know i'm still facing it like i've got i've been diagnosed with so many different things from you know my journey of healing because i started with psychiatrists and psychologists and i got everything man like adhd dyslexia depression disorder anxiety disorder complex ptsd personality it's just the list goes on and i'm mm. just like oh i'm not a label great what do i do with that sure don't identify, identify with it uh, you did a really good video recently about that around ADHD mm. to not identify with it. Go, oh, I'm experiencing it, but I'm not going to identify with it because then all of a sudden you're like, you can go into the victim. Mm. And I think this is where my post lies is spiritually intelligent men are on a growth work path. They, they can see the victim, but they won't let the victim take the lead. And I think this is more so what I was getting at is, and you touched on it around immaturity. And this is where my son's kind of like kicked me up the ass, even though he's only one, but he energetically he's kicked me up the ass. It's like, where am I still being immature and playing the victim mm. in certain instances? It can be subtle, it can be be, whatever. It doesn't have to be a tantrum, right? And I think that's what I'm more, more aiming at is, You've got these grown men who are boys and they play the victim. It's poor me. Why is this happening to me? And it's like, okay, cool. So you can identify that. How do they move through it? Well, first just see where you're at. Okay. So I've got a business or a job. Like we'll use a tradie archetype. They're running a construction business. They've got a wife. They're working fucking 60 hours a week. So identify what's not working. Mm. The first steps, what's... What's a problem that's coming up in your relationship? You're drinking too much. You're hanging out with literal boys. You go into the pub with, this is what I see with a lot of fathers. They go into the pub with boys that don't have families. Pokies, scooters, you know, only fans, the whole, that shit, right? Now, that's a good place to go. That's not. Do I, what, I don't want that energy in my, my household. Mm. This is just one area that I'm focusing on. You can look at it, apply it to your own life. It's like, what's not working? And be honest with yourself because you have to be honest. Yeah. What's not working? Okay, I'm addicted to coffee. Uh, I like to eat sugar. Um, I like takeaway. You know, I, I like to just watch Netflix every night. Every morning I wake up and the first thing I'm doing is I'm scrolling, you know. I watch porn. This is normal behavior. This is what I think needs to be cleared up. It's like, it's okay. And that's the thing you need to go, you need to not make it wrong. To move through it is to don't make it wrong. Don't judge yourself. Don't criticize yourself for doing it. Go, of course I'm doing this. I'm stressed out. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be a father with no map. God didn't give me a map. I'm trying to be ultimately winging it <laughs> unless you read books and talk to other people who are fathers, elders. Because mm. ultimately that's what in the old, it would be the elder would come in and go, this is how you be a father. Mm. And they would give him the truth slaps. The spiritual elder, the spiritual father would come in and go, what are you doing? You're off course. We don't have that in society. Yeah. We don't have someone to come in and go, you are off course right now. 
you know, mm. like you shared is like the, the spouse and the wife is becoming the spiritual father in a sense. Yeah. You are, of course, don't tell me what to do. I bring in all the money. I'm the provider. They go into Victor. Da, 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 da. Then that doesn't, they're like, because ultimately it's like, and this is like one of the friends that we talk, um, we're friends with, he says, you know, men need men to grow. Mm. You don't mm. go to women to know how to, to learn how to be a man. You can go to women to be held in a really deep, nurturing, like a mother space. And I've experienced healings like that. And it's, you can't compare it to a man holding you. But we need that. We all have mother wound. Mm. But it's not to rely on that. It's to go to, for man shit, <laughs> you go to men. How are you dealing with this problem? You know, oh, I see that you've overcame porn. So for me, I was addicted to porn from 12 until... 29, 30, right? And I'm now off porn for about three, three and a half years. It is it is one of the hardest addictions to kick mm. by far. And it's so prevalent. It's free for one thing. Mm. So you go to men who have already kicked it and moved through it and you ask them for guidance and perspective. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. Like, you know, I watch porn twice a day and it just happens. I don't know how to stop. Yeah. And you're like, okay, cool. And then, so what's driving that? What's motivating that? And I think that's like coming to the post of how do we enter into a spiritually intelligent, mature man? One, it's a journey and it's a big commitment. And it's a, it's, I was sharing this with a, with a friend and client the other day. Um, he was just he's having relationship problems. And I'm like, bro, like, think of the intention you set for your relationship. He's like, oh fuck! It was like a, it was a big intention. It was mm-hmm. Like it was really big. And I said to him, like, how much do you have to move through in order to land in that attention? And he goes, oh, no wonder my life's falling, looking like it's falling apart. And I think that's like some people, without realizing it, set these big intentions, and then their life starts to fall apart. They don't know what to do because they don't have the support and the tools, and then they go deeper into it. But the intention's still running. Mm. Until you go, oh, well, redo that intention, make it a little bit smaller, something that I can actually handle. And I think that's what's happening is people look up on, on social media and they compare and go, oh, my intention, yeah, I want to be that, yes. And they have such a conviction in their contention, they go to start taking the steps, hit resistance. The resistance knocks them down because they can't meet it because the intention so large. And then they just stop. Mm. Just in their shame soup. Like, oh, or they go into pride, you know. And I think, you know, for me, like having a son, and I didn't see it, like I saw it with daughters, but when I had not you knew I was having a son, it was like, like, how do I want how do I want to be as a role model for him? And I knew like he was a very spiritual. And like I knew what I was bringing in. I was like, this is not just a, he's like, he's me. He's, oh, he's going to be up here when I'm old. Mm. So like, who, who do I need to be to be able to hold space for whatever that shows up is when he's a child? Mm. And I think for me, it's just gone into like deeper refinement of my practices. How am I speaking to my wife? How am I speaking to myself? Mm. How am I with my peers? How am I with my clients? How am I with my daughters, my family? And just this constant process of like, oh, fell on my face again. (laughs) 
look at my kid. What's he do? He falls on his face all the time, gets back up and goes and does the thing again. Mm. And I'm just like, cool, just get back up on my bike and keep on going. And I'm going to probably put a stick in the front spokes again. I said, oh, Fed, you know, you just got to keep on going. And you're almost going to expect it in a sense. Like, you know, you have to expect it. There's going to be resistance. Mm. That's how you, you know, this full well is. That's how you grow. Mm. Right? 100%. And it's, this is something that came up for me before, um, I think at, back at the very start, but when you spoke about um, a lot of the people who you're working with, um, they're, they're tradies, they're people who are really just opening up to this, what's this personal development thing? And one thing that one thing that I was thinking about was, although yes, there's definitely levels, um, and it's kind of like it's it's funny. Like I think about when my personal development journey started, and it was this whole world that just opened up, and then you kind of sway over here and go, everything's about love, and everything's about, and and the world's beautiful and it's perfect, and and not to say that that's not true, but then you, then you kind of get checked, and it's like. Okay, cool. Well, let's make your life fucking a bit harder then, like so that so that you can get some perspective and you kind of go on this journey and and um, you open up to more modalities, uh, psychedelics for healing purposes, uh, breath work, uh, deeper meditation, um, and, and then you kind of then go into the inner child work and the trauma work and the, and the this and that and and I know you and I have have been on a been on a, a journey for for you a lot longer but what I think also is that regardless of where you're at it kind of all comes back to the same things like the the healing and the work and the personal development it kind of all just it's it's constant reminders of the same thing in a different way (laughs) right and so um it's I'm really fascinated by that because someone who's just getting into the personal development world, what's going to work for them probably will work for everyone who is experiencing a similar thing. And a lot of these things, they're all the same. It's like relationship problems, addiction problems, like purpose problems, maturity, maturity problems, all this kind of stuff. So from a really fundamental level, because I feel like the fundamentals help everyone, how, someone comes to you a tradie comes to you and he's like man i fucking hate my girlfriend hate my wife um or it's like we can't stop we can't stop fighting it's like she she does this and she does this obvious victim obvious victim blaming projection um and 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 like i always just want to be out with the boys having a drink having a cigarette whatever it is i don't want to create any generalist kind of statements here but it's like you see someone just wanting to they they want to change, but they're they're quite clouded. They they got a they got a lot of layers going on. What steps do you take to even begin that journey? Mm, that's a good point. It's not an easy one, especially around this particular um, say group of men. I would say because they're starting off on their journey, mm. so they. For one, it's like checking with just hear where their awareness is at. Where are they at? Okay, cool. Because I can't go and share some high level spiritual practice because it won't work. (laughs) 
or some other spiritual practice, like, you know, what works. Sometimes breath work for that is too much, right? Mm, yeah. So I think if I'm always come down to like, you, and you just nailed it, it's like you always come back to the same sort of message. It's like, it's so simple. Mm. So simple. You know, little Elon Myers is so simple, but then you're like listening to them and you're like, oh, so complex. Like, what do you mean? Mm. And I just, I really try and simplify their their experience i try like they like you can tell they go into this complexity a lot these problems are so and it's like you know what's the simplest thing you can do that doesn't feel like you're trying to jump you know a mile and i think that's what it comes down to is like i, I find it in myself it's like you want to jump 10 steps you're like oh i get here that i want to be right over there it's like, well, where, where are you at? Oh, I haven't made mm. a step yet. Oh, okay. So what's the first step? Oh, I should probably like spend more time at home. Okay. So how does that look? Well, I could just go out once a month. Is that achievable? Yeah, I reckon I could do that. And then that's the, that's the one step. And for someone who's already developed, it's like, no, they need to be going and taking all of these steps Every week, it's like, and then what does that do? You get two things happen. They don't do it mm -hmm. or they fall into overcompensation. And I went into this sort of thing. It's like I had this awareness recently. It's like I've been institutionalized, right? School, military, prison, up until 25. Like mm -hmm. it was in a moment where I wasn't in institution. And I was like, holy shit. I mean, how many? I was like, how's that leaking into my spiritual life or my self-development life, personal development life? Like, how's that leaking in? I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I got quite regimented in needing to do this and do this and do this. And then when I didn't do it, I had a moment of, like, just flopping, just inability to, to do the thing. Mm. You're a piece of shit. Something's wrong with you. This is, that was like a voice of me. I mean, it's something wrong with you. Mm. And I've learned. I was like, wow, that's not helpful at all. That's not helping me grow i'm just sitting here doing nothing now yeah yeah so now it's like i've attuned myself to okay that voice is not helpful but it can be helpful if i put it in a positive light to try to fault find fault trying to find things for me mm. but i need to also have compassion for myself and this is what i share with these people like, you did you gotta like be gentle with yourself it's not about you know like you've never done a 25 meter cliff dive and someone's like yeah do it son do a flip yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh, man, I've even gone with a 10 meter cliff. What do you mean? Like, mm. start small, start simple. And it's just like, I've had something come in recently for me, which has activated way more discipline than I expected. Cleaning my teeth and brushing my tongue in the morning. Weird, right? Mm. But I still be doing it every morning. And the, the, the effect I'm feeling is like, oh my God, like, I didn't know scraping my tongue would make my mouth feel like this. Mm. And then the other benefits come from it. But it's activated this discipline in other areas of my life. Yeah. Simple step, right, that you wouldn't think of. And that's where I kind of share with these, these men, or just men in general, is like where, where in your life do you just need to make a small, a small pivot, mm. a really small step that was completely outside your field? And they're like, oh, okay. And there's one guy working with, he's like, I'm like, what do you, what do you, what do you enjoy? He's like, oh, I've been playing. I've played golf my whole life. I'm like, when was the last time you went golfing? He's like, a year and a half ago. Yeah. I'm like, well, why are you going golfing this weekend and, and come back next week and tell me how you feel? 
we went golfing and he come back he's like oh mate like i just my mood changed and then now i'm 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 doing some breath work now that you shared with me i'm doing some journaling mm-hmm. but before we became aware of the golfing piece he wasn't doing the other things yeah so it's like i've realized through my own journey it's like there might be another piece that you have to realize before you start doing the things that the personal development space will jam down your face Mm. And it's sometimes it's so left field. Like, it's just like, it could be literally like, oh, what do you do for you? You know, these tradies that work 80 hours a week. Oh man, I just go home straight to bed, paperwork straight to bed. So you don't give yourself any downtime? No, I haven't watched a movie in six months. Well, you watch a movie, just chill out, you know, just one night. And that, just that moment of, and this comes back into like a regulated nervous system. Mm. Just, how often are you going into the, a regulated nervous system? Because we all live in a very stim, life stimulating, right? I've been recently going out the bush to get tattoo because that's where my toes live now, like right out in the country. It's so still out there, bro. Mm. Like these, you got these guys, these people walking around, so so aware because of how still it is out there. Yeah, they don't have the the language to articulate it, but you can sense in them they're regulated. And chill and just, and that's, I'm like, wow, I come back here and I'm like, whoa, this is intense. Like there's always something going on. And I guess for me, like, it's like, what's, what's the small step you can take that's going to bridge into the bigger intention or bigger goal. Mm. And then also is like how off, what is going to help regulate your nervous system and, and try not to look at it from the, the limited close perspective of just, spiritual or personal development practices because what brings you joy might not bring me joy mm. right some people might love to paint people love doing clay like walking a dog i don't like walking dogs that's so like mm. people love that right so do that if that's a practice that's going to help you connect to yourself and regulate you do it mm. don't try not to my thing for me is like i just try and tell people try not to put a spiritual or personal development sort of label on it this is this is spiritual and personal development and this is not sure you know we're living i believe we're living you know you got the universe and if god created the universe we're living in what god created so it's all spiritual regardless of what you're doing yeah and then also the other side of that the 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 non-spiritual this is still spiritual but it's like the negative sort of spiritual like you know porn and engaging these more negative things because it still has a spiritual aspect like if you people who black out get blackout drunk and like oh i did all this stuff i don't remember it because something took you for a joyride mm. you don't remember it because something was riding you yeah you know yeah um so that's i guess sim- simplification yeah and i've spoken to dan about this a, a bit just like sim 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 everything's pretty simple yeah but we get caught in the intellect mm. Mm. oh this and it Confuses us. We get left, felt lost, left, confused, lost, disorientated. Mm. I don't know which direction we need to go because we've just we've created all these different ideas and different steps and different things to, to go. Where it's like, I think Jags shared this with me. It's changed everything. It's like the feminine way of looking at life is like everything's a priority. Horizontal thinking. Horizontal thinking. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like masculine thing. It's like priority. And I was like, oh. God, and it's like I see it my wife it's just like horizontal thinking and I'm like wow like mm. you know, and I was flicking into that I'm like and then as soon as I went turned it 
I'm like, bomb, just checking shit off. Mm. And it's like, okay, I need to turn it again and see everything. Okay, that's everything, turn it back up. Mm. So mm. I think it's important to like use these sorts of just little pers- perspective shifts mm. to help mm. us move through life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. And it's it's t- touching on the, the, the spiritual, non-spiritual, it's like, well, we we spoke about this. It's it's discerning, discerning the difference, and I think there's there's two things there. One is uh, the the conditioning, like you said. It's like um, it's the stories that we're telling ourselves. And I think for me, I can I can speak to this so so well because um, a lot of my a lot of my internal dialogue and and subconscious beliefs reside around thinking that things shouldn't be the way that they are and i've done i've done the first video i did on this just fucking went viral because everyone was like oh my god that's me and i think a lot of us are going around in the world going like what it is that i'm doing no it's not right it's not right but but the it's funny because I'll, i'll speak to me i'm manifesting that by putting myself in positions that I don't want to be in so that I can tell myself I don't want to be there and that things shouldn't be the way that they are. And that's quite a, that that's dropped multiple times for me. And so I think it's, I'm, I'm working out how to, how to simplify the way that I speak about that because it is so profound. It is so profound. But at the end of the day, um, like you said, how I choose to go and surf can be the could be I go, I go to surf to get away from all the chaos or it can be just because I just want peace and I just love to surf and I, I do whatever mm. same with uh pottery I think you spoke about pottery before it's like it's it's the association we have with what we're doing that is the thing yeah. it's not it's 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 nothing to do with the thing it's the association with it and speaking to that speaking to that simplicity and this is something that um because i've i've been surrounded by the building industry the last 18 months in business and probably one of the most common uh most common themes with builders and trades is that they're conditioned from as soon as they get that trade to be on site at 7 a.m you don't leave until 3 4 p.m and then you go and you have beers or you go and you go where the other boys are going and when that's been conditioned in you say you're 25 years old for 10 years it's like that's what you're gonna do and it's like there's no room for anything else whereas it's like well hang on okay let's maybe look at that differently let's maybe remove you from that environment for a bit and it doesn't mean the work side but it's like let's start to your environment is everything the people you spend the time with it's like why don't we try and rather than rather than doing that thing after work why not try and just go and try this and then but it's very hard when you're also surrounded by the culture which is to do things one way and that's it and you just don't you don't question it any other way and i i think that's i think that's so fascinating so like again it's it's everything is so simple but i think and and men want to men want to feel peace as well mm-hmm. like men want to be men want to feel like they've got themselves organized like mm-hmm. they want to feel like they're on mission on purpose and i think that's probably one of the biggest things that is missing mm-hmm. 
I think it's it brings us back to the 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 immature men, the the grown boys. Is and it's funny you said this before, like a little side note. You said this before how the the partners generally go into the mother role, yeah. which is so funny because it's like it's we actually want the mother like because of the mother wounds and then they take on that role and so you're just replaying out the relationship with the mother which is quite a deep which is quite a deep deep topic um but that that simplicity is everything and i think over overlooking i even notice for myself it's like okay tomorrow i'm going to tomorrow i'm going to get up and it's going to be at 5am and i'm going to do that if i don't do that it's like that's such a simple thing to do. Just broken a promise to myself. I've just put myself in a state of shame, uh, a state of guilt, um, and that simple thing can hold so much power moving forward for as long as we choose to hold on to it. And I think that's a really important thing is because I think um, Alex Hormozy says this. He says um, confidence isn't, uh, you, you don't gain confidence by yelling affirmations in the mirror. You gain confidence uh, by giving yourself a, a stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are. And that's the little things. That's the, that's the okay, as a father, as a man, as a partner, whatever, I'm going to do this. Did I do it? If I didn't, well, I can make excuses to say that, oh, this is what happened or I'll do it next time or whenever. But the more that that happens, the more that we actually start to lose trust in ourselves as men and then we lose ourselves because we can't trust ourselves. And I think that's, I think that's incredibly important. And that's all simple stuff. It's all very simple stuff. Um, so, so look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up with a pretty big question. Um, and that question is, at any any point of your life, because you've had some pretty big, pretty large experiences in your life, prison, military, um, growing up, the death as well, which which we didn't really touch on those earlier years. But what's out of out of all of that? What was probably one of the one of the most impactful singular experiences that really maybe not only shaped your life, but I think gave you the biggest mindset shift and biggest piece of direction um, in, in how you move forward? Oh, that's a big question. So I would say, I would say it is prison, 100%. Like I try and think of like everything that's happened in my life and it's like, it was leading me up to the experience of prison. And I had this weird intuition when I was in the Navy um, <laughs> about like me going to prison. It just kept happening. I'm like, oh, well, why do I keep seeing myself in prison? And I thought military prison. Because uh, obviously in there I was living a double life of like drugs, partying, alcohol, duh, 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 and then coming up and pretending to just be dumb as fuck. And that, that was the drugs. Like, oh, I'm just stupid. I was actually just spaced and just... So but for me, it was like prison for me was probably the experience because it showed me my ability to hold space for men that were highly dysregulated and dysfunctional, very rarely regulated, <laughs> mm. very rarely. And if they were regulated, they were on heroin. 
you know, they were on beep or the drugs in there. So it showed me that was probably the biggest thing of how I could go through that sober with no addictions, really. There was like mm. the most thing I was addicted to was my wife's phone call. <laughs> Um, and training, I like fucking train like no tomorrow. I put on 15 kilos in there. Um, so I think, yeah, that's probably the biggest experience that I'm still digging for gold and trying to work out and something I know is going to integrate, um, for me. And then I actually that, and then the connection with your breath, Mm. I think, we didn't really touch on the breathing stuff, but I don't really need to. I just think, you know, everyone, if they started to breathe correctly, would start to see a big shift in their life. And that's where it started for me. It was in prison. I started to learn, breathe, meditate, breathe, you know. And so I think that was the experience. And I'm very grateful that I got to experience it. Not to say there wasn't heaps of challenges. The first three months of it was like so intense because I had nothing to distract myself with. Mm. And that's why I always go back to that. It's like, okay, what am I distracting myself with here? If I lived in that, in there, so simply, I ate tuna and rice every day, pretty much. Tuna, rice and oats. So like every now and again, there was something nice on the visits and stuff. So it's like, I live so simply so much unconscious stuff was constantly coming up in my mm. my body into my and then coming up and out. At this point, I didn't know how to what to do with it. You know, teaching myself to read in there, teaching myself to write properly in there, like mm. all these things. So for me, that's the experience. Probably the biggest thing that you know, and I, I feel like I was gifted it. It was like a gift of grace. So mm. God was like, and I had moments before where. It was it was actually a choice. I could have not gone to prison, but the choice I was given was, well, you have to leave your partner. This is my my wife now, Candice. And I kept getting the same thing three times. I'd smoke a giant cone, go in the shower, and then just the same message was like, if you leave Candice, you won't go to prison. Mm. It happened three times leading up to court, the, the final court date. And I was like, no, no way, like because I had a plant medicine journey. Um, mushrooms. I was really high dose in a car at a broke up. <laughs> so cool. But I had disembodied voice come through. I was like, you need to cut this person. You need to let go of this person. Mm. And you need to, no matter what, stay with Candace. She's mm. going to be your highest expression in this life. Not easy. And I'm just listening to that. And my life has just mm. continued to change. She's a very powerful woman. Mm. And I think through her, meeting her and prison has yeah, been the biggest experience of my life and oh, so much to speak on it, about that experience because I'm still putting it together. I'm like, yeah, holy yeah. shit. Like, because like, you know, and a lot of people say you're a, like you're a unicorn, mate. Because mm. how many people come go to prison and come out better or wanting to better themselves but then mm. keep going not just like a small like oh cool i'm off the drugs i'm gonna create a family and that's it mm. like turn that shit into like almost like an offering an energetic offering mm. so that yeah i think if i think back like military was incredible but 
I think for that, just because of the people I was surrounded by and the different energies and some were really violent, man, mm. really violent. And I was just lucky that I would just had a lot of respect from some of the other guys in there because mm. of intense fitness military background. Right. So they were just like, oh, he's a legend. Yeah, okay. He could do handstand push-ups and muscle-ups. So they just like, <laughs> don't go near him. And me, I'm like, I'm not a, like, I just throw people around in fights. I don't like, you know, I fought, I've done things in the military, but like, I don't go looking for fights. Mm. I have. Mm. Just like, same thing Jocko Willings touches on, you know, you get in a fight, run. He's a ex special forces black belt, whatever, but he says literally, no, just run. You don't get a fight. And it's like, for me, I would always try and avoid those sorts of situations in there. Mm. The amount of times I'd get myself in some real dodgy, sort of like, oh my God, this is going to go so pear-shaped. And then I managed to like literally use conscious communication and contradiction. So this is one thing I use, to, I use with my clients is through contradictions, through sharing contradictions, you can actually open people up to see something different. Mm. What, do you, what do you mean by that? Uh, so it's like it's like a heroin addict that's using heroin and they're trying to tell you that it's oh, I only use it a little bit but I'm vegan I'm saving the planet I'm vegan um, and oh, it's so good the vegan's so good for me uh, I only use a little bit of heroin no like it's not all the time or mm. but I'm vegan and I'm spiritual too but it's like can you see the contradiction there it's like you want to help planet being vegan but then you're also destroying your body with heroin that's mm. where so you share the contradiction they're like Whoa. yeah sure Shit. um and there's many things it's just one big one sure know, that helped me someone shared that with me to go you have a gift and like seeing it like this and offering mm. it in a way that doesn't make people feel like shit because i do it in a light-hearted yeah, where it's almost humorous. Like, can you see the contradiction here? Like, I do it to Candace a lot, and she's like, "Wow, yeah, wrong." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's a that's a that can that's a risk. Sure. That there's a that that's a risky move, and uh, you you did share it at the very start when you were speaking about prison and how you just had this gift and people would come to you. I think I think there are definitely people out there who can really just resonate and speak and this was before when I lost I lost my train of thought this was actually what I was um what I was thinking about was um like what makes a great teacher or 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 mentor or coach or however you want to explain it I don't care what label is used um it's it's generally the way that they resonate and the way that they can understand and hold that space. And I think some people are cut out for that for a group of people and, and some people aren't. And I think that's, I think that's such a testament to like you in prison, being able to call that in on an, on an energetic level where it's just like, I don't know how it happened. It just like, it just happened. Um, but coming back to the coming back to the risk, to to call someone out who's probably got a lot of shit, like that they don't want to look at or they can't see, um, 
can definitely go both ways. Yeah. It can go one of one of two ways. Um, how did you how did you navigate that? So it's kind of like the word that comes through is banter, right? So you're teasing using banter, and I think I've come to realize banter is a very unskillful attempt at being intimate with another. So if you really look at men, we're all doing it to each other, right? Mm. We're trying to be intimate. That's what we're really trying to do. Sure. But it goes too far. Often the banter goes too far. It loses the playfulness. It loses the lightness. It actually loses the humor. And you're actually using someone's a scapegoat. And that's what I was going to share what happened to me. I'd banter myself. I'd become a scapegoat or I'd do it to others. Mm. What happened in there though was I realized it was like, I was kind of using my like expert skill of banter from my life, mm. but also bringing in the contradiction. It's like, how can I light playfully and lightheartedly bring this to them in a kind of like, you know, like, come on, bro. Like, and it's in that sort of like playful, like, you know, you do what you want, but, and it's so weirdly, it just, they're like, oh, mm. kind of like, yeah, right. It's like a mediator role. Me- mediator role. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, um, I resonate a lot. I resonate a lot with that. Being able to, being able to to meet someone at their level and give them what they need mm-hmm. all at once. That's a that's a that's a gift because you've you've got to get out of your own way. Got to get out in order to do that. And also, not this is something that's been so hard for me is not bring yourself to their level. So you're not bringing your vibration down to level and falling into what they're doing. Yeah. You're meeting them on your level from where you're at. So if you're vibrating high and you're in gratitude and like, yeah, I'm stoked on life, you don't want to come down to like shame, arrogance and connect in through that channel. Sure. Like you want to stay at where you're at. And often I would bring myself down to meet these people. Now I'm like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Because there's people pleasing and pretending about it. Yeah. So it's like, how can you be up here? And not to say higher or lower, but there is a vibrational scale. scale. It's real. So like, how can you operate from here? Mm. You're, you're lifting them up. That's the, that's the thing. You're trying to help them see or vibrate at a, a newer level that they haven't been able to access before. And I think that's like the power of like, you know, really doing the work is you'll start to notice that you're you're in a, a lighter feeling mm. more often and i know that's what's been happening for me more recently it's like i'm like playing more with my kids i'm not so serious i'm like wow i'd like to use my kids as a check-in correct because they're vibing high but they're like drunk little like, yeah. gurus right yeah yeah fumbling around and I think yeah, like it's a it's not an easy thing to do to to do what you just kind of spoken into. I love how you use the like, <laughs> um, like the label thing, like coach mentor. Like anyone can, I think anyone can do it, but we've got to get out of our own way. Yeah, we've got to really go like allow. I don't like to look at it like this. How does God's will or the great creator's will want to come through us? So we're like a conduit, a channel, a conduit. Mm. And how will that be expressed through our faculties and gifts and what we've lived like? What have we What have we done here? What have we already experienced? Mm. It's like, it's just like yourself. You're like you, you're an incredible creative, right? And I, I admire that. I'm like, holy fuck! Like coming into this space, I'm like, this is gnarly. Mm. You know? And 
your life has led you to, to travel and to do some incredible stuff. I think we've shared this on a walk with you um, ages ago. And it's like that's part of your purpose is to be able to to bring things. You're like, you're like you can meet people where they're at. Mm. Your ability to create spaces to then like not only just record it, but then like put it into a format where it's so clear and concise and clean. It takes a certain level of of like perception or insight mind to be able to do that not mm. everyone can do that so it's like that's because you've grown through like from a young age you've had all those experiences mm. and mm. you know you have your own sort of like beautiful and god wants to use you and when you go and do like if you go oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna be god's servant only god's servant mm. and it's so so hard because you have to be so honest with yourself yeah like so honest because sometimes and we see this a lot in the Christian the little Christianity people that go from New Age to Christianity, they get into the preaching. That's not what God wants all the time. What is if God just wants you to be a mother? Mm. That's mm. when you preach the God of Word, like go be a mum, you know, and I th- or go be a dad and you know stop drinking, mm. or you know it's like I think that's where I'm like you know God has a weird way of. Sh- showing you what you need and it's quite often it's in your face mm. but we go with our desires or our wants or mm. we go over this direction no 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 this is it i know what god wants me to do it's like no sometimes sometimes you don't mm. and you yeah and that's and that's so true bro and, and speaking to what i spoke on on before about a lot of the a lot of the underlying beliefs the conditioning that mm. the language that we use it's like when we try to say what we want, we're actually saying what we don't want. And it's like, and and this was a reframe that that Jag shared with me. Um, the first session I ever did with him, um, uh, Jaguar Heart. Yeah, we've obviously we obviously know him, but um, it's the the reframe because there was a lot around failure for me. And he's and he said he said rather than than. Uh, saying I'm a failure, it's like I'm learning, I'm I'm becoming successful at learning how not to do things. And I think I think that's such a such a great reframe because it's it's positive for one. Um but two it it's it's productive and constructive. It's like now every time something isn't really working out for me or it's just not feeling right, cool it's, it's what I don't want to do. That's cool. Now I know that. And, and I think speaking to the, the maturation, um, which we've spoken on a couple of times in this episode, I think come, you, things line up when they're meant to line up. Huh? They, they, they do. And I've been through in the last 12 months that many, that many emotional roller coasters with this feeling of so much like uncertainty and stuck and it it sucks it honestly sucks because you want to you want to be somewhere you you want to try and you want to try and skip the line and it's so important and and for me speaking to like what you were saying which was really nice just around around my whole creativity and bringing stuff together and this and that it's like 
that's only just now starting to come through is me me realizing how to piece all of these things together because one component was being a photographer then another component was diving deep into the personal development world and all of all the things that came with that then it was the multitude of businesses then it was traveling the world then it was this and it was that and and you've got this a very different journey but all of these things compiling together to then all come into one thing that's like here you go like <laughs> thanks for being patient even though at the time you're like fuck this like it's just what the fuck is it yeah 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 but then it, it just it just happens yeah. and you just go <sighs> like i get it mm-hmm. like i get it and and even then like yes it's great but there'll be plenty more of that to come as well. Yeah. And I think that's also like, there's also that, that infinite game uh, aspect to it, which is, which is what Simon Sinek spoke about, which is life is not a finite game. There is no winners. There is no losers. It's an infinite game. That's a continual journey that, ha- that continues to happen until you die <laughs> and, and welcome to the next part. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if there's anything you wanted to touch on. I'll finish with this. It's just like this beautiful metaphor that I'll share with Bentino Massaro in one of his podcasts. It's like you look at a tree, tree's growing. It doesn't just become the oak tree or it doesn't become the apple tree like that. So it's like you need to, to water its roots, water its roots. It grows, it grows organic, keeps growing, and then the first apple pops. But what the, the the tree doesn't stop growing at the first apple and get distracted. Oh, I've I've grown my first apple, yeah. Oh, and then stop, right? And this is how I see life. Or so I see life is like, just keep watering your roots, keep nourishing yourself. Trust that God's gonna, you're gonna grow this magical apple tree. But don't get an an an, an animal or distracted or indulged in the the apple fruit. Mm. Go, oh, look at the fruit. Oh, people are loving my fruit. But keep focusing on like nourishing, replenishing. Mm. What do my roots need? So I can be the best apple tree for God Mm. and produce the best fruit. Mm. I'm not going to get attached to the fruit that I grow. And that's why I've been sitting with this. I'm like, oh my God. It's like, you know, because you can get so like, oh, there's my fruit. Yes. Mm. This apple. And then you're getting distracted and then your tree starting to die because you're not. Coming back and going, sure, sure. Oh my god, I've just you know, and this is what I not to open something else. It's like you see this in the high performance spaces, and this guy who is a podcast on the one I'm talking about, he actually checks checks and correct corrects billionaire high high performance billionaires, and they're like, well, why do you want to go make another billion dollars? Oh, but where else in your life is not going to be highly performing? Oh my my. My wife, relationship with my wife. So it's like you look at these high performers. Something's going to shit that's not getting spoken about. And this is where you got to be careful at high performance is, you know, I like to look at it as whole performance. <laughs> where am I wholly performing? Mm. In all aspects of that, like make it so it's like growing out. Yeah, you've got your gifts in certain areas and your more strengths in other areas. But if we go ham on one area of performing – something else in life is going to go to shit and it's unfortunate but i'm seeing that because sometimes i was falling into the Mm. oh shit i'm 
my relationship's gone a bit wonky or, oh, I can see some of my needs of my children are being met. Oh, shit. Like, mm. of, of course I'm getting tantrums. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, I'll, like, I'll end with that because I know we could keep chatting for, like, hours. <laughs> Man, it's been it's been awesome. There's been there's been like thinking about this episode um, and and just coming back into space because you're you're my first guest. It's like the one thing I've learned about podcasting is like allow it to go whatever way it wants to. But I found myself going into like even off the back of your question, like what's the plan? I was like, oh cool, I got to we got to create a plan. And it's like okay, these are my questions, and and they come into mind and this and that. But it's gone similar but completely different to how, how I anticipate it to and, and I'm grateful for that because that just means that it went the way that it was always going to go and that's perfect. So, uh, man, appreciate you. Round two is definitely in the books. Um, but, man, thanks for sharing so much wisdom and um, I guess to end, where can people find you? Um, so you can find me on Instagram, as- aspiring underscore zen father i think i changed it to recently pretty mm-hmm. sure and then i've got a podcast which is pretty on the pause at the moment sacred surf shack it's where you can find me um i offer one-on-one mainly one-on-one sessions um run a few men's circles around the coast and soon we'll be offering breath work um in the near future that's where you can find me. Um, predominantly, though, I'm a sad guru or stay-at-home guru. <laughs> so while my wife is smashing her stuff. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I just want to thank you, Andrew, for giving me the space to, you know, this is the first time I've actually come on a podcast where I've shared my story in the way I have. And kind of like what you were sharing earlier, it's like it's when you're ripe and non I feel when you're ripe and non-attached to be able to to share things in a way that's not, you know, self-serving for me. It's like I just hope that everything I've shared is going to serve someone in some way and also to use their own discernment because I don't have everything. <laughs> so it's like I appreciate this really honest and authentic and genuine space to be able to have these conversations because – Oh, it's just missing. It's like super missing, like these real raw sort of conversations where we've just been cu- really just being curious about <laughs> what, yeah. what's going on here. What, what the fuck is going on? What is going on here? So I really appreciate you and what you're doing. And I'm, yeah, super stoked to see where this goes for you. Thanks, bro. So, big love. love it.